Welcome to episode 46 of the Zay Coleman Podcast. Today we'll be discussing the Lakers' continuous downfall, stars returning to the NBA, and more news and notes from the weekend. So of course, there's a few things we could talk about for the start of the or for the start of the pod. But of course, the first thing a lot of people are talking about, I've talked about for a while. I kind of hit it right on the head in the offseason. But it's the Lakers. Lakers struggling. And again, we can't even say it's a chemistry issue anymore. Because we're almost halfway through the season, believe it or not almost 35-ish, 40 games into the season. And the core of this team, of course, Anthony Davis is out, but the vast majority of the core of this team is still not clicking. And it's not, I don't think it's a a chemistry issue. It's more if it's just a, like, certain players don't fit with other certain players. And when I say certain players in quotation marks, I'm mostly saying Russ and LeBron is not a duo. Is that kind of obvious? Of course it is. Because it was obvious in August, July, because it was around draft time, basically. It was obvious then that these two was not going to be a duo. It wasn't, that's not a, team, a combination that's championship winning. And it's, it hurts because LeBron James is probably top three of my favorite players of all time. Kobe's my number one. Typically, I'd say either Katie or Bron would be my number two. And whoever falls, that's my number three. But those are the three players I came up on that I genuinely love from the bottom of my heart. Watch Carmelo Anthony is another one, but that's another story. It hurts from a fan's perspective of this team. This team is not it, bro. <laughs> To the point where Stanley Johnson looked like third best player on the Lake, really the second best player on the Lakers uh, in the Christmas game. LeBron played his butt off. But then it was Stanley Johnson, especially in the fourth quarter with the defense on James Harden. He was the guy. That was the guy that he turned to basically to keep them in the game, not even on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. But that just shows the Lakers are desperate right now. They wouldn't have called up Stanley Johnson two weeks ago. They wouldn't have known that Stanley Johnson was maybe the key to this team being decent. Who knows? But like again, they weren't going to get... I give it two weeks. Two weeks before Stanley Johnson is back in the G League and Avery Bradley is still getting heavy minutes on this team. Avery Bradley, when who, and whenever he comes back from injuries, Trevor Ariza... Will probably be getting some a lot of those minutes. Mello will still be getting heavy minutes. I'm sure probably Taylor Horton Tucker, who was god awful by the way. They're going to be getting the Malik Monk might slip in the rotation just because he's playing good enough to where it might take a little bit of the uh, the core guys shine. But it's it's painful. It's painful watching non-LeBron Lakers basketball. As soon as LeBron comes up the game, it, this team is a wreck. Russell Westbrook ain't 2016 Russell Westbrook no more. And the guy, none of these guys that he's playing around, Melo, Dwight, DJ, etc. This ain't 2016, 2015 them no more. Then this not there aren't lob Dwight Dwight Howard is not a lob threat anymore. You know, DJ is not a lob threat anymore. He can he will catch a lob every now and then if it's open, but he's not. 
he's not going to go over top of somebody to catch a lob anymore. Carmelo Anthony ain't giving you 30 every single night like he did in New York. He, this team is really not is not it wasn't we knew this team wasn't built for it in August and they're still trying to make this team work in December going into January into another year 2022 they're still going to make this team work the team ain't going to work you want to know why because maybe it's okay to admit to admit that a lot of these dudes are past their prime LeBron isn't I wouldn't even say he really had a prime he just was great he was great from the time he came into the league until now but I refuse to argue with you if you still think that Dwight Howard still has a legitimate contribution left in the tank. DeAndre Jordan has a legitimate contribution left in the tank. This team screams 2017-18 Cavaliers to me. They have LeBron. You have your guard that may or may not coexist with LeBron. You have your big man that's steady injured. And you have all of your other guys that may or may not be past their prime. Dwayne Wade screams Carmelo Anthony to me. Or Carmelo Anthony screams Dwayne Wade to me, I should say. Isaiah Thomas slash Avery Bradley slash whatever screams Derrick Rose to me. Isaiah Thomas could be his own Isaiah Thomas because, you know, he, they, he was on both of those teams. By the way, they didn't re-sign Isaiah Thomas. I'm just as surprised as you probably are. It it still bugs me. And again, a lot of those younger dudes that were on those even 2015, 2016 teams that were actually good aren't going to go th- get that same playing time. Like a Joe Harris was sitting on the bench on those, those Cavs teams. Malik Monk is giving me those same vibes. Or even uh, like an Austin Reeves is giving me those same vibes. And I'm still trying to figure out why. You will refuse to give Malik Monk legitimate minutes unless half your guys have COVID and you refuse to give Austin Reeves the, the minutes. Like I said, he got his playing time, you know, towards late November, early December, because again, Avery Bradley was out. Taylor Horton Tucker hadn't come back yet. That's and that's when he decided to shine and he had the, the moment against Dallas and everybody loved him. But now back to, what is like? What's the the non fit on this team? The non fit is kind of obvious. It's Russell Westbrook. It was always Russell Westbrook. It'll always be Russell Westbrook. And this isn't me saying that Russell Westbrook's a bad player or he's a bad teammate or whatever. Sometimes he just doesn't fit with other superstar players. Russ is best at his at his best. Not is not best for the team, but at his best when playing alone, when being able to control the environment. You can't control LeBron James. You can't control an Anthony Davis. You can't control somebody, a veteran in that locker room that's either A, on his way out, or B, you know, has some stake in the team. Let's be honest here. He's not going to be able to control that. And that's kind of what's eating at Russell Westbrook is that he can't control the environment around him. And it, whether it's his fault or not, is no, it really isn't anybody's fault, quote unquote. But it's just, it's kind of what Rob Plinka, LeBron, et cetera, who was ever involved in trading for Russell Westbrook, involved in signing all of these 36, 37-year-old guys. That's what they kind of signed up for in August of this year. They signed up for this team right here. This, this team that, if I look up, I think as of right now is like the ninth seed. 
if I again, if I want to take a wild guess, I would say in the nineteen ninth ninth seed, which I guess good enough for the play-in. But does LeBron James want to spend an extra his extra energy fighting for a play-in spot? No, he's he is spending energy trying to find. He wants the top six seed, so he ain't got to play. They're currently the seventh seed, but let's be seventh seed, but because they're in a three-way tie with Dallas, Minnesota, San Antonio's only a game back, Portland's only a game back of them, and Kings, the Kings and Thunder are only a game back of them. Again, Kings and Thunder may or may not be fighting for a playoff spot right now, but the Lakers can't just sit. They're sitting at 16 and 18. LeBron did not sign this team to be 16 and 18. He signed this team to be in Warriors and Suns level at 27, 26, whatever, in six. LeBron didn't sign up for sitting at the seventh. Would be currently playing the Spurs in the in the playing, which, in case you haven't figured out, the Spurs just beat the brakes off the Lakers in the final game at the Staples Center with Cato Bates Diop scoring 30 points on 100% shooting. And a game where DeJounte Murray had probably his worst scoring game of the year. Still had like eight rebounds, 13 assists, but his worst scoring game of the year. And the Spurs still put up almost 140 in your arena. The historic arena that's getting the, that was getting the name t- nameplate taken off the day before, or the day before, two days before Christmas. Genuinely mind-blowing. That this, this Lakers team... <laughs> This Lakers team is still a playoff team somehow because because everybody in the West that isn't Golden State, Phoenix, or Utah has been pretty middling this year. Like Memphis, again, Memphis, who had a hot run without John ja, ja Morant, a, I wouldn't even say a lucky run, but kind of in that realm of a lucky run, is the fourth seed at 20 and 14. And then it's the fifth seed, the Clippers, who are barely above 500. That is not Western Conference. That's not the Western Conference that, honestly, this team, this Western Conference, as deep as it is, and it might just be a COVID issue, but 17 to 16 is on the fifth seed. That sounds like something the Eastern Conference would have done, which, guess what? That's the exact record of the sixth seed out East, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Like that, are we really, basically, the Lakers with this record are playing Boston Celtics level basketball. They're on the same level as the Boston Celtics when you think about it. Well, really, the Boston Celtics have one less loss, but that's because they, again, it's just they play one less game. They both have the same amount of wins. That's something that, that should irk LeBron James. I mean, he doesn't want to be Boston Celtics level or even Atlanta Hawks level. They have basically the same win, or, win percentage, which is why I said the Hawks. He doesn't want to be Atlanta Hawks level. He wants to be in the upper echelon, but this team ain't going to put him in the upper echelon. This team will have him bounce in the second round. And people are going to question LeBron James' legacy. Oh, can, can he pass Jordan with six? Or can he even get to Kobe with five? That's going to be the entire media, the entire summer. From May when they get eliminated up until October when the season starts. That's going to be every single media outlet you know. is going. And that's not named me because I'm not going to be that person. But if he's there, that's going to be every single media outlet. If LeBron James doesn't shake up this team and they get bounced by the Warriors in the second round, genuinely, I guess if it's if it's how the current standings, it'd be Utah bouncing them in the second round. 
Which even even if they do keep their seating, I don't see them beating Phoenix in the first round because Phoenix kind of beat them last year with basically the same team. The guys who traded for Russell Westbrook, but basically the same roster, it's the same LeBron, same injured Anthony Davis, same centers that don't fit, same guards that don't play. It's the same team. And I I don't I don't know what what you do because let's be honest here, nobody is trading for Russell Westbrook, seeing how he's playing this year, and seeing how basically he just doesn't care. How much are we willing? How much are the teams willing to invest in in Russell Westbrook? The answer is zero. The Lakers are going to be keeping him next year. Well, this year and next year, $47 million next year because he has a player option that he will accept. Whew. So enough about enough Lakers slander for right now. We will get to the Christmas games. I only got to see three of them because my, uh, my st- uh, streaming service does not cover ABC. It covers ESPN, but does not cover ABC on ESPN, which honestly sucks because I missed two barn burners that get in that day too. I got I missed the Celtics and the Bucks, which the Bucks came back. Giannis came back to play. I did not expect Giannis to come back because I even said it in the podcast that I didn't think Giannis was gonna play because I thought he was still in protocols. But he's he cleared protocols and had a really, really good game. Honestly solidified himself as an MVP candidate in that game too. And then I also missed probably the best, I wouldn't even say, it might be the best game of that day, the Warriors and the Suns. I watched the fourth quarter on YouTube, and Otto Porter really showed why Otto Porter has always been underrated. He was underrated in Washington. He was underrated in Chicago. And he's underrated here in Golden State because he does exactly, he does my mouse fell. He does exactly every single thing that every Warriors, every great Warriors role player does. He shoots the midi, and he plays exceptional defense. Every Warrior, every you have that's like almost in the contract as a Warriors player. You have to shoot the mid range really well, and you have to shoot, and you have to play the best defense of your life. And he did that. Going up against Devin Booker. And then shooting turnaround mid ranges, middies out the post, and I'm like, is this auto, is this really Otto Porter? Is this low key Tim Duncan in his prime? I'm just, it's it not even that that was a half joke, but like it's weird that again it's Otto Porter doing this. I know you know Otto Porter has been like kind of the butt of of jokes because he was had such a big contract and really didn't live up to said contract, but. Playing on a decent salary in Golden State, making about four or five million a year or whatever, nothing crazy. But it's still playing against some of the best basketball of his career as a role player. He's a better basketball player than he was probably in Washington, definitely in Chicago, because his role is even more simplified when it's coming off a bench rather than being the starter or the star. I think he had what, 19 points, but he had 13 in the fourth quarter. That was that's actually awesome. 
But to get to the three games that I did watch, Hawks Knicks. This game, this is a, a, I guess you can. There's a few notes. I guess Kemba gets this for uh, the. I think it was the first Nick to get a triple double on, on Christmas, and like the ninth person to get a triple double of all time on Christmas. But again, Ob Toppin did a in between the legs. He did a East Bay in a game. Even <laughs> at the end of the game, Ob Toppin low key was the Knicks MVP in the second quarter and at the end of the fourth. Like basically when the game was over, he was their MVP on the low, because the for, oh no, forget all of that. Obi, there were Obi chants in the garden. Obi Toppin got we got Obi chants in the garden. Shout out to the KLT4Q video where Obi Toppin averaged like forty a game, but Obi Toppin chants in the garden. You you are a legend if you get a chant in the in Madison Square Garden. You are automatically a legend. I don't care if you if he never scores another point in the NBA. He is a legend forever for getting chants in the garden. Now of course Atlanta had their guys too. Collins played really well. Cam Reddish he struggled shooting. He he looked good as a just pure just basketball player, but his shot was off. He he looked he just looked off in that game. You know, the, the bigs in Atlanta didn't really control the paint because Julius Randle was having his way. Like, it's, again, Kemba, Kemba getting triple-double. That was that was awesome. Evan, like, uh, almost Evan Fournier. Alec Burks low-key ruined the triple-double, the, the, the excitement of a triple-double because he was the one that he, he basically tripped and couldn't get uh, – he couldn't let Kemba get the rebound, so he had to get the rebound to, to pass it to Kemba. But it's, anyway, Kemba did eventually get the triple-double. They gave him a standing ovation. Glad to see Kemba playing well after being benched. It's awesome to see Kemba actually. I think that the, the benching was more to rest Kemba than it was to punish Kemba. But that's neither here nor there. Shout out to Kemba for, you know, getting for, I think, first triple-double since 2014 is what they said on the broadcast. So congrats to him. So the next game that I wa- that I actually watched, the Lakers and the Nets, Man, this game ruled. I don't care what anybody says. This game was awesome, man. Got to see uh, James Harden come back for the first time. I think he had with a 34-point triple-double. Patty Mills had, or he had, I think, 36-point triple-double. Patty Mills had a career-high 34. Again, the Lakers just looked off. Patty Mills looked like the best point guard that's ever played basketball going up against the Lakers. The Nets, one thing, one negative about the Nets. I don't think Nicholas Claxton actually knows how to rebound the ball. I think the, the catching with two hands concept didn't really reach Nicholas Claxton in high school, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. Blake Griffin came in and actually played solid. I was surprised that like Blake Griffin came fresh off of him also being benched, and he actually played like a halfway decent role. DeAndre Bembry like really surprised me because it's like DeAndre Bembry has always been like a very under the radar guy, but he's always, he's been able to find a role in every team he's been on. He definitely did his def his best run definitely was in Atlanta, but had a decent little role in, in Toronto. And of course now has a good role in Brooklyn. Now that, you know, half the roster has is out, but that like he's, he's been, he was good. He played good. 
he, like DeAndre Beverly actually played good basketball. It was crazy, crazy concept, crazy thing to see. But I'm glad to see DeAndre Beverly getting uh, a good role in Brooklyn. Um, why am I blinking? Uh, but yeah, Pat, like I said, the the Lakers really, really got destroyed in the backcourt because while Harden and Patty Mills was playing their best games of the season, in Patty Mills' case, the best of his career. Russell Westbrook struggled, man, and he didn't. It wasn't even he passing the ball. This is the best Russell Westbrook I've seen passing the ball in a long time. Not just you know spoon feeding for assists, but actually looking for open players. It was nice to see Russ. Like him and LeBron had an uncanny. He he had a good passing game, but it just like I said at the end of the game, Russ just. Folded and it wasn't like oh, Russ is the worst clutch player ever. It's just that, like, the missed dunk he had, I think he had a couple turnovers in the, in the at the end of the game or in towards the end of the fourth. Like, it it bugs my mind. Oh, another another great player for Brooklyn tonight or that that night, Bruce Brown, man. And I'm glad the broadcast picked up on it because I picked up on it when he was in Detroit because he did it when he when he was with the Pistons also. But he has a, such an exceptional floater game. It's it it is it is great actually how much uh, he has how much of a floater game he actually has because you know people look at Bruce Brown and think oh he's just a, he's just a defensive guy or he's just you know the guy that brings the ball up to pass to James Harden. But realistically, Bruce Brown is actually a really good basketball player. And it's mostly because a, a he had a I think it was two years in Detroit where he didn't really get a whole lot of playing time. He had they started him at point guard, but he wasn't really a point guard. So he he's basically playing small ball four when uh with Brooklyn, which it, it helps to some degree. It helps, but for the most part, it's not it's not really even a a sad moment that like. Me being, I am sad that Bruce Brown's no longer with Detroit, but I'm happy that he's contributing on a, by all means, contender in Brooklyn. So shout out to Bruce Brown for, you know, becoming a really solid NBA player. And again, the Nico Claxton thing, we'll, we'll let it slide. He, they won the game, so I guess that all, that's all that really matters. But man, in the final game, a game that I didn't pay as much attention to because I was already burnt out because... It was Christmas and it's eleven o'clock at night when I started watching it. When the game actually came on, because the Lakers game was a rerun or it ran over. But the Mavs and the Jazz, a lot closer than I thought it would be. Being honest with you, I really thought you know with Luca not playing and you know Utah being hot, I didn't think that the <laughs> I didn't think that the Mavericks really stood a chance. But shout out to Chris Davis Porzingis and of course with Jalen Brunson too. Jalen Brunson had twenty seven and six. But shout out to you know the Jazz for actually, or shout out to the Mavs for actually keeping it a close game, and shout out to the Jazz for actually clutch, clutching up and giving a good game. Because it's not like a lot their main guys struggled. Like Mitchell still had thirty three, you know Bogdanovich still had twenty five, Conley still had twenty two, Royce O'Neal still playing elite defense on the perimeter, and guys it's not Jalen Brunson. But again, I'm glad the Jazz clutched out. Even Jordan Clarkson off the bench still gave him twelve and eight, and that's like the eight rebounds is a lot surprising. Surprising given Jordan Clarkson is not really a rebounder or even a defender, so he's 
That's actually Joe Ingles giving you six assists. Hassan Whiteside near double double off the bench. Rudy Gay didn't score, but it was he he provided the elite spacing that the Jazz need. And it's weird to say Rudy Gay provide elite providing elite spacing because he was never really a shooting shooter shooter. He was more of a high volume scorer. Give me one second. I'm receiving difficulty. My bad, y'all. I had uh, a package at the door. So, back to, we were talking about Utah. Glad to, uh, they clutched up at the end. Dallas, Dallas had Frank Nilekina. actually was really surprising. Gave him 17 and 4. The Mavs bench was basically just their G League roster. The commentators literally spent an entire five minutes trying to make a Charlie Brown joke that was definitely from 2017, but we're not going to talk about that. Basically, it the game that literally the entire eight minutes that Charlie Brown was in the Charles Brown Charles Brown Jr. was in the game. They really tried to make a Charlie a Charlie Brown joke that literally was made in 2017 when he was in the G League or yeah it was G League at that point. So yeah, basically that was like the oh yeah a couple of notes from the Lakers and from the Nets game. Darren Collins, I did not know Darren Collins. Like I said, I missed a lot of the notes or news from Friday. Yeah, Friday was Christmas Christmas Eve. So, yeah, I missed a lot of notes from that day because I was out of town. And, or not at what? Well, technically, was out of town. It was out of the city I live in. So, basically, I was, I had no service because, you know, it's the end of the month. That ain't really all that right now. So, I'm in another city and i go on twitter literally like the next night literally right before before the game i go to yesterday's twitter feed and i see that the lakers had signed darren collison to a, a, a hardship exemption i'm like darren Coll- like the darren collison i was thinking there's another darren collison out there because it's like didn't darren collison retire and yeah, he retired and came out of retirement. And they said, and they spent another five minutes in the Lakers Nets game explaining, oh, it might be, a, it must be a record that oh, Derek Collison comes out of retirement and he fouls Patty Mills and James Harden on four point plays. Like it, it was dumb. But glad to see Derek Collison out of retirement. Played okay for again a guy that hadn't played in two years. And all in all, not that, not too bad. So if you missed the end of the uh, the previous forty five episodes of the podcast. Please, uh, they. Oh man, I'm I'm I don't know why I just zoned out there, but yeah, you missed the previous 45 episodes of the podcast. They're on Spotify, they're on Google and Apple Podcasts, and of course, right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Bye.